Welcome back to another installment of To Honesty and Comeuppance, an Attack on Titan fanfiction written by yours truly, Tolstoy Ackerman. You can find this fanfiction hosted on Archive of Our Own, aka AO3, either by following the website on my profile, which will take you to all of my works hosted on AO3, or by going directly to AO3 and searching either my author name, Tolstoy Ackerman, two words, or the title of this fic, To Honesty and Comeuppance. Thanks again for coming back to listen in to another installment. I am, as always, just ecstatic that you're here with me. Thanks again for the kind words and comments I've received. Do feel free to subscribe and to hop onto AO3 and leave me a little note telling me how you feel about the podfic. Is it good? Is it bad? Is there areas I could improve? Always looking for constructive feedback. Yeah, so right now I've gotten the second dose of the COVID vaccine and I've got the brain fog real bad. So I'm not smart enough to write right now. So I figured, well, I can at least read out loud. So just going to be recording a ton of podfix here. So, you know, get ready for that. All right. Oh, standard disclaimer. I do not own Attack on Titan and this is entirely non-for-profit. Okay, let's get into it. Here we go. Chapter 9. Apples and Pears Reunited Shit. Himmel hadn't been back to the barracks in over 48 hours. Levi had told her to be ready to leave in a couple days. Had Erwin's gamble paid off? Since when and what did he say? Himmel asked the innkeeper, continuing to disinfect her patient's wounds. For two hours, and that the gamble paid off. Shit. Livid couldn't even begin to describe how Levi must have been at this moment. But how could she leave trust? How could she leave her people when they had never needed her more? Sabakia, what instructions do you want me to give to Nathaniel and the others? Himmel's big green eyes grew wide at his words. She wasn't running this on her own anymore. She had put her operations in capable hands so she could get everyone out of here one day. Just two days down here and she had nearly forgotten how to think about anything beyond today. She sent her patient on his way and took off her apron and gloves as she spoke. Under City Trust and her people are our top priority. We're going to see an influx of upsiders displaced from this as well. See that they're taken care of. I'll be in touch when I can. Business as usual otherwise. Thank you. And with that, she dashed full speed upside into the barracks, terrified of what state she would find Levi in. It took her 20 minutes to run there, and chest heaving more from panic than exertion, she opened the door to her chambers to find Levi sitting in her desk chair, looking at her as though she were the most disgusting blot on humanity. On the desk was a folded bundle of uniform clothes, with the green Survey Corps cape on top. I told you to be ready, he said. I didn't realize what day it was. You missed the induction ceremony last night. Everyone's been looking for you. Undercity Trust was a mess, she said. I've been down there this whole time. Except for when you're raiding warehouses. You were in the papers. The Sabakia slaughters 100 plus in two nights. And it looks like you haven't bathed or changed clothes in the entire two days you've been gallivanting around. Have you even slept? Himmel bristled. I saved maybe four or five hundred lives with the medical goods I stole. You can't make me feel bad about it. Levi's gaze narrowed in distaste as he rose to his feet. You've set us behind by two hours. Put on your gear and let's go. Where? I'm your commanding officer now, he said curtly. I'll give you the information you need when you need it. So she was now an official member of Team Levi of the Survey Corps. Himmel had always thought that this moment would feel special, 
as though the world would pause its busy rotation to congratulate her. It was stupid and self-centered, and of course her graduation from cadet to survey corps only felt like she'd been passed from the hands of one keeper to another. Levi wasn't going to afford her the time to shower or change into a clean uniform. She threw her ODM gear and blade boxes on, removed her original sword hilts and sheaths, and put them in a long sack with her Survey Corps uniform, and then put on her Survey Corps cape over her filthy, crusty black clothes. Lastly, she opened the double doors of her wardrobe and reached into the breast pocket of her old Cadet Corps jacket to retrieve their letters. But the pocket was empty. There was no way she had misplaced them. She had been keeping them in that pocket for months. When she was sent on a mission and it was her turn to write a reply, she always had them with her, just in case. In case they were found by someone and misconstrued, or in case she simply needed to know that she wasn't adrift. She checked the other breast pocket, and then the inner pockets, but the letters weren't there. What the hell's taking you so long? Let's go. Himmel sighed and relented. It would be too embarrassing to tell him what was bothering her, so she just followed him out of the room. Below, in full uniform and gear, were four members of Squad Levi on horses with their hoods up. A fifth was manning a wagon full of various supplies covered by a tarp, and there were two spare horses at the front of the procession. Levi and Himmel got on them, and with a simple, move out, from Levi, the team headed down the empty streets of Ermich, through the gates, and out into the starlit plains of Walrose. Himmel felt immensely awkward, having been given no chance to introduce herself to the team she now belonged to, being covered in two days of dirt and blood and filth, and having taken the lead alongside Levi. Had they been in Titan territory, it may have made sense to have her and Levi at the front to engage targets head-on, but here in safe territory, it felt like she was skipping rank. Who's this fresh blood think they are, riding beside the captain, not even in uniform? A man muttered. Hush, a woman chastised. If Captain Levi wanted them there, it was for a reason. Himmel wondered what that reason was, too. The wind gusted suddenly, and her hood was caught in the breeze, falling back to reveal her massive mane of blonde curls. Himmel? She turned around at that familiar voice, her green eyes bright. Eden! Long time no see. You've been put in the special operations team to babysit me, too? Was that what Levi had summoned her for? She had thought that she was just going to be joining his team. She's been put here so I can babysit the both of you, Levi said. She's a valuable asset, but she doesn't take orders well. But she commanded twenty missions when she was a recruit, Eden said, confused. She was the model soldier. Well, while you were running around AWOL as a titan, this lunatic took it upon herself to kill at least seventy titans by herself at the hole in the wall. And she vanished from the barracks for the past two days without telling anyone. The five behind her erupted in various surprised utterances. Levi! Himmel hissed. Her kill count had already begged belief before Trost. This wasn't how she wanted her entrance into the team to be. He ignored her and continued, At least, that's only the number of Titan corpses still distinguishable enough to be counted. It was probably higher. Levi, shut the fuck up, Himmel said, glaring at him. This only incensed everyone behind her further. You can't speak to the captain that way! It's how I've spoken to him all our lives, Himmel said. He hasn't changed how he refers to me, so I'm not changing either. Tell them the name you have for me. Fucking idiot, Levi supplied. Wait, so Levi Heichel is the old friend, Levi? The one who wrote you those really rude letters? Eden asked. The one who told me to read a book next time I took a shit? Yep. 
Himmel laughed as she saw Levi's expression sour. <laughs> He's eloquent, isn't he? Wait, backtrack. You're the recruit that handled the supply runs to Nedley? The one that had 123 kills? And another 70 during Trost? And then the 9 when you helped clean up? That's 202 kills. More than all of you combined, Levi said. Of course, most of her kills were winter titans, so they should only be worth half. Now if we could just stamp out this insufferable martyr streak in her, she might actually be useful to us. I just want to be a good member of this team, Himmel said. I don't care about kill counts. I just care about getting missions done and getting everyone back home. Hard to be a good team member if you can't be found, Levi said. A silence settled over the group that didn't feel particularly pleasant, and, as if to shield herself from it, Himmel grabbed her hood to pull it back up. Leave it down. She looked over to Levi, who was staring straight ahead as they continued southeast. It was a bullshit order, and she fisted the hem of her hood, trying not to let the anger get the best of her. He had somehow managed to humiliate her by talking her up, and, as a result, everyone thought she was some glory-hungry freak who probably fudged kill counts. Now he had given her a stupid command in front of all of them. It was a test to see whether she would submit to him. Oh, how she wanted to throw her hood up to spite him. But it wasn't just the two of them down in the understudy anymore. Now they were in a team. He was her leader, and there was no room for childishness. Himmel let go of her hood and slid her hands under the nape of her neck to fan out the full length of her hair that was under the cape. Golden tresses spiraled and spilled down to the middle of her back like a waterfall. You've had the same exact haircut ever since I met you, Levi said. It's impractical. I can't believe a titan hasn't grabbed you by it, or it hasn't got caught up in your ODM gear. You know I always tie it up before I head out. You're cutting it tomorrow. Himmel sputtered in outrage. Maybe you've forgotten, but my hair was one of the three conditions I issued, and Commander Erwin agreed to it. He said he personally didn't care, but you'd have to fight your commanding officer for it. And I'm telling you, you're cutting it tomorrow. She was gripping the reins so hard her palms hurt. If she objected, not only would she come across as insubordinate, she would also come across as vain, and there was absolutely nothing more damaging to the reputation of a female soldier than looking like she cared more about her looks than she did her duties. But Levi knew. He knew that she never cut her hair. He may not have known the exact reason behind it, but he knew that it was as significant to her as her blades were. It was just like he had said in their letters. He really did plan to make her submit to him. I'd like to discuss this with you in private, Himmel said. Whatever you have to say can be said in front of the team. There's no secrets. Himmel scowled and thought over her words carefully before speaking. No secrets. That's a good policy. When the Survey Corps returned from their expedition and you felled the titan that was about to eat me, did you see anything unusual about me? Yeah. Your uniform looked like you'd been stabbed in the chest, but you hadn't been. And even though we know you slaughtered at least 70 titans, you showed no signs of fatigue. She gritted her teeth. And jog my memory. When was the first time you saw me like that? He was still staring straight ahead, but he cast her a sidelong glance. A long time ago. So it seemed that there were some secrets in front of the team. Himmel smirked. Fine, she said. But I want you to be the one to cut my hair. Fine. They reached a castle shortly before dawn, 
Someone said that it was an old Survey Corps outpost that they had stopped using some time ago, and Levi immediately ordered everyone to begin cleaning. He assigned quarters to everyone and set them to work, and only when others failed to hide their disgust with her smell did Levi tell Himmel she could wash herself. After that, she found herself in a room on the third floor with a bed, a chest, and a little desk with a dusty chair and mirror. A French window allowed her to look out onto the endless plains of grass and sky, and she took a moment with the windows open to lean on the sill and just enjoy the view. Before joining the Cadet Corps and running those supply runs up to Nedley, most of Himmel's work had kept her in the Undercity or in the towns within the walls. Being able to see so much and so far was a rare treat. It was times like this that she thought how unfair it was that everyone in the Undercity was robbed of such simple freedoms like sunlight. The harsh scrape of wood on stone in the room across the hall brought Himmel back to the task at hand. That room was Levi's, and he had probably moved the bed so he could clean under it. The freak. Himmel resumed her cleaning, but she left the windows wide open so the fresh air could flood in and wash away that stale smell that tended to gather in old, unused buildings. It took her all of four hours to get her room to a state that she thought Levi would find acceptable. There wasn't a single mote of dust to be found, and she had even found a cracked, unusable mug in the kitchen so that she washed and put some dandelions and violets in. It was a nice addition to the rather shabby desk and made the room feel more her own. She headed into Levi's room across from hers, not bothering to knock on the open door. He had taken the mattress off of the bed and was on his hands and knees with a wet cloth, wiping down every inch of the bed frame. It was an excellent view. The belts that wrapped around the thighs and the brown leather that provided cushion in case of falls always did such a stellar job of accentuating and honing in on the rear when a soldier was bent over like this. And Levi, like all of the soldiers, was a treat to look at. What? Himmel jumped at his sour tone and remembered that he was being a complete asshole to her. This was so very different from their old dynamic. They had had their spats, certainly. Anyone would when they lived together for over a decade. The coldness, the bitterness, the coarseness. It made her think of their last few months together before they had parted ways, and she hated it. Judging by the tone of his letters recently, she had hoped that that was behind the both of them, but perhaps she was wrong. She said, I finished cleaning my room and I wanted you to come check. He backed up and rose to his feet easily, then handed her the dusty rag. They certainly looked the pair, him with two white bandanas over his mouth and hair, and her with two black bandanas over the same. Keep working on the bed. Perfect. Himmel was dying to know how much of this iciness of his was just an act, and how much of it was sincere. He lacerated her with his words at any chance, but he had also come to her room and fallen asleep beside her only a few nights ago. She wasn't going to allow him to have it both ways. She was determined to figure out where his heart lay. She copied his pose from earlier, on her hands and knees, arching her back slightly, and not so necessarily, in order to reach a place Levi hadn't. She rocked forward and backward in time with each swipe of the cloth, and didn't pause when she heard his footsteps return. Not bad, but your desk is a mess, he said. If you don't like my choice of flowers, I'm ignoring that. Your shitty attempts at decor aside, the desk isn't good enough. Okay. There was a long pause where Himmel continued her ministrations, and Levi said nothing behind her. She could feel his gaze burning into her. So, she said slowly, do you want me to take care of that, or keep doing this? She heard him take a step toward her, and excitement buzzed through her. 
Maybe she had been right to think that there was something in those letters, in the way he had played with her hair and pulled her clothes a couple nights ago. Still, she dared not turn around. She wanted to wait and see what he would do to her. Levi Hachel, I finished. Could you please check my quarters? Hemel cursed Eden in his timing. Ah, I'll check. Mel, get your desk sorted by the time I get back. Himmel stood up and just caught the two of them walking down the stairs to Eden's quarters in the cellar. She put the rag on the bed frame and then returned to her room, where there was an all-too-familiar folded square of papers and a pen. She rushed over and unfolded it so quickly she almost ripped it in her haste. You were keeping these in your pocket? How sentimental. Signed, Levi. Himmel was penning her reply when a spring gale swept the door shut behind her. But then she heard footsteps, soft yet purposeful, and she was pressed against the desk by hard muscles as hands slinked down her arms to lace over her fingers and keep her still. I told you before, Levi whispered, breath tickling the shelf of her ear. I know I can make you submit to me. He thrust his hips further against her rear, and she could feel a growing insistence there that made her gasp. In every single way. We're going to be here for a while, and by the time we leave, I intend to know everything there is to know about you, Mel. She laughed softly and leaned back into him, daring him to do more to her. <laughs> you already know more about me than anyone else. That's right, and yet I have so many questions. Don't tell me this is how Captain Levi treats all of his men. He nipped her earlobe and drew it into his warm mouth for a brief moment, causing Himmel to gasp as he ignited a blaze in her. She could hear the amusement in his low voice when he said, Only the ones that write me letters. At the sound of footsteps coming up the stairs, he pulled away from her, fingers drifting off her hands, to her hips, and very lightly over her derriere. Himmel spun around, thankful that the bandana that hid her smile also hid her flushed cheeks. Levi was back to his usual brusque self. Use that chest as a doorstop. I won't have that racket next door to me. He opened her door and then went back to his room, and a few moments later, Eden was back, asking Levi to check again. I'll never get my room done with all of you calling me every five minutes. Mel, go check Eden's room. Sure, she said, and grabbed the letter on her desk. She went to fold it up and put it in her breast pocket, but saw that there was a new line. He must have written it when he had temporarily rendered her dumb with that earlobe thing. I put them in my breast pocket because I figured it was the closest you'd ever get to touching my tits. Signed, Himmel. Sounds like you've issued me a challenge. Signed, Levi. Blush renewed, Himmel folded the letter up and shoved it into her pocket before meeting Eden and heading down to his chambers. So, Levi Hacho and you go back a long ways, Eden said, sounding somewhat mystified. Yep, thick as thieves. You guys were actual thieves, weren't you? Petrosan told me that he used to be like a gang member or something in the Undercity. Yeah, that was the joke, Eden. Oh. He laughed embarrassedly. So, you guys were actually in a gang? I object to it being called a gang. Sounds like all we did was commit crimes or something, when really we were just looking out for ourselves and others as best we could. Eden's room was a corner of the cellar that had been turned into a makeshift holding cell at some point, by the looks of it. Red bricks that didn't match the stone of the castle walls or flagstones made one wall, and the front wall was nothing but steel bars and a metal door. Inside was enough room for a cot and a chest that held his ODM gear. Oh, 
Eren, Himmel said. They've just got to make sure they can contain me in case I accidentally lose control or something, Eren said, sounding much more at peace with the situation than he probably was. Yeah, but do you think you're going to lose control? I mean, I don't feel like I'm going to blow my top or anything, but I just don't know. I don't know anything about this or how it really works. Himmel sighed, and the two of them entered his cell. She set to work, lifting the mattress to clean the bed frame, and had him tackle the grout with a bucket of soapy water and a brush. I get the whole better safe than sorry mentality, she admitted. And you may have the ability to turn into a titan, but you're still human. I don't think it's right to lock you up just because there are things we don't understand yet. Eden frowned as he cleaned. If I'm really honest, I don't care if they put me in the cell at night, because I'm in the Survey Corps, and even if it's not the way I had envisioned, I'm certain that I can make a difference. Himmel reached down and ruffled his hair. He objected like any man would, but she just laughed. I'm glad Levi hauled me here with you. Oh, yeah. What was that he was saying when we were riding here? Are you in trouble or something? And did you really kill 70 titans by yourself? Well, when the bell rang for all the soldiers to gather, I ignored it and went to the hole in the wall when I saw the vanguard had been wiped out and titans were flooding in. I thought, the more I keep from getting into the city, the more civilians can evacuate, and the less casualties we'll have. I thought maybe they'd send back up eventually, but the next thing I knew, you had covered the hole with that boulder, and Levi saved my ass. That was so reckless of you! You could have died! Himmel shrugged. I've just always performed better when I could work alone. But you were such a good leader. Every time I was sent on one of those missions with you, I was always in awe of how well you directed us, how you never lost your cool. When I'm around others, all I'm thinking of is how I can protect them. But in emergencies like trust, I just need to be able to act without thinking. Levi gets it, because he saw how I work a long, long time ago. But it's not conducive to the military. I don't think I'll ever be a good soldier. Just a good weapon. You know, that might be nice. I wouldn't be the only human weapon, and Levi Heicho could keep his humanity's strongest soldier title. They both laughed a little and went back to cleaning, bantering back and forth until they made enough progress that Himmel decided it would pass Levi's check. He can see in the dark, you know, she confided in Eden. You upsiders are shit at seeing fine details in dim places like this, but we can see everything like it's daylight. Are you serious? That sounds like some sort of freak superpower or something. Levi came down the stairs, frowning. Oi, you two, are you shooting the shit or getting shit done? Eden snapped to attention, and Himmel just laughed. I was telling Eden how you and I can see in the dark. We can't, he dismissed, but poured over the dim room anyways. You finally got it up to standard. Remember this and keep it this way or you'll regret it. Yes, sir. Mel, outside. It's time. Levi had removed his bandanas and withdrew a pair of clippers from a small pail. You can fuck right off with those, she said. We're not having matching haircuts. Eden, torn between still being shocked at the rudeness she had showed Levi, and probably the image of her with Levi's hair, made a choking sound and began coughing. Himmel patted him on the back. He'll catch his death down here in these dungeons, honestly. Eden, now that you know what I expect, work on the dining area. Yes, Captain. And as for you, Levi said, turning on Himmel, I brought scissors, too. Your jokes are awful, she said, and she and Eden followed him upstairs. She and Levi went outside and sat down under the shade of a large oak not far from the castle. 
All the others were inside cleaning still by the looks of things. Levi sat behind her, and Himmel untied the bandana that had kept it all safe from the dust as they cleaned. Levi, all of our petty bullshit aside, I really, truly don't want you to do this, she said. He was running his hands through her curls, smoothing them so they all fell in one curtain down her back. What's the real reason you don't want me to cut your hair? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but you know how everyone used to call me Sunshine because of it. It made people happy to see. Those people aren't here, and we have plenty of actual sunshine now. Himmel sighed, growing frustrated. I'm also just a woman who likes her hair, okay? That's a terrible reason, and you know it. Himmel tore at the grass in irritation. He was utterly committed to using this as his method of making her submit to him, and his will as captain of their team. She couldn't win this fight against him. She took a deep breath and pushed it out in a long sigh. <sighs> Fine. But since this was one of my three conditions, and you know how much this means to me, I want you to promise me one thing. What? It's going to sound so dumb, she laughed. But if at some point it just magically goes back to its old length, you can't ask me any questions about it. Deal? She could feel Levi pause behind her. Did I send you Rapunzel by accident one time? Himmel laughed again. <laughs> I know it's stupid. It would never happen, but just make me the promise anyways. Humor me. Levi was quiet for a spell, and then he said, Fine. Now take off that mask. Relieved beyond measure, Himmel did as ordered and untied the knot at the back of her head. The warmth of the sunlight hit her smile, and her first impulse was to hold the bandana up against her mouth. He was running his fingers through her hair some more, stretching the curls out to a uniform length and watching them spring back up. You don't have to hide your smile, you know. I hand-picked this team. You think I'd pick someone stupid enough to judge by appearances alone? Force a habit, I guess, she mumbled. How short are you going to cut it? If you stretch out a curl, it has to reach your knees. Floor, actually, she corrected. Do you have any idea what a hazard this is, not to mention what it could do to shower drains? Levi, how short are you going to cut it? And the weight. God knows you're already top-heavy enough with those ridiculous tits of yours, but this has got to be at least two kilos of hair, dry. Unable to take it anymore, she jerked her head back, aiming to give him a reverse headbutt, but he easily fended her off by tilting his chin up and leaning back so they fell together with her head on his chest. I have scissors, you fucking idiot. Himmel sighed and sat back up. Levi gave his own aggravated sigh and set about smoothing all the curls once more. I'm gonna cut it to here, he said, dragging his fingertips along the bottom of her shoulder blades. But if I don't like it, I might cut it shorter. She wanted to lash out at him, but she knew it would be pointless. She just clutched her bandana to her face and said, get going then. Levi continued running his fingers through her hair, from the roots to the tips, and she wondered just how essential it was to the haircut. Then she heard the telltale snip of scissors. Your hair has been the same length for as long as I've known you, he said. Since we were seven, you've had curls all the way to your ass. And you've always had the bottom half of your head sheared for some reason. What's your point? It's half as much hair to sweep up, he explained. Himmel laughed in disbelief. <laughs> you are the biggest clean freak I can possibly imagine. My haircut is practical, he said, and yours has never been. It must have been hell trying to keep it clean in the Undercity. It pretty much takes care of itself, actually. 
obviously blood or mud or something needs to be washed out, but I don't have an oily scalp, and lice hate curly hair, so that was a plus. Huh. The scissors continued to snip, and she knew that he was collecting each curl and putting them into a pail he'd brought. Even outside, he didn't want to make a mess. So, tonight at dinner I was planning on introducing myself, she said presently. When he didn't reply, she added, I was wondering how much to tell them about us. What does that mean? How far back we go? What you and I used to do? I'll talk about that. Are you ashamed of what we did? Levi was quiet for a long spell. If we hadn't done what we did, neither of us would be here today. So no. But we were ruthless. Sometimes I thought you made Kenny look merciful. I was working through some things back then, I think. I never understood why you always stabbed them in the heart. Now it was Himmel's turn to be silent for a while. Have you ever heard of a human who could survive a wound to the heart? No. If the nape is the only sure way to kill a titan, the heart is the only sure way to kill a human. But would it have been so bad to let some get lucky and live? <sighs> Gotta admit, I didn't expect a lecture on morality from you. He gave a ch and continued cutting. On three of your supply run missions, one casualty had signs of a chest wound on their uniform, but no actual wound. Forgetting all about the haircut, Himmel spun around to stare at him in shock. Shadis asked me about it back when I turned in the reports. Levi, you don't think I killed my own men, do you? He turned her by the top of her head and spun her back around, then smoothed her curls once more. No, I know you'd never harm one of your own, but it's not the first time I've seen such a phenomenon, and it only happens around you. Himmel thought over their situation, the precariousness of it, and then said carefully, The secrets I keep, I keep not because they're bad things, but because I know that they can't be understood. Because I can't understand them. Just remember that if you find something out about me, okay? You ever thought that if you tell people, you might find someone who does understand? Yeah, but I'm too scared. Levi made a soft sound of incredulity. <laughs> I've never known you to be scared. I don't get scared of humans or titans, but I get scared of plenty of other things. Maybe that's where you and I are alike. Back's finished. Turn around. Himmel shifted so she was facing him and saw the pail overflowing with curls. It hurt her heart to see, so she looked straight at Levi instead, who was just as serious and unreadable as ever. Do you want a fringe? he asked. Like Levi had said, she had had the same haircut for so very long that the notion of different styles had never entered her head. She had seen many girls with cute bangs and had always been rather jealous, though. You can do that? There's no one in all of humanity that cuts better than I do, he said, glaring at her. She laughed behind the bandana. <laughs> How could I forget? Go ahead, then. And this definitely isn't shoulder blade length. It's shoulder. Levi batted her hand away. She had been clutching a curl that bounced a couple millimeters above her shoulder. I cut it to the shoulder blade, but the reduced weight made the curls tighter. She matched his glower. Better not fuck up my fringe. He ran a hand through her curls, gently creating a part down the center. Then he set about cutting each individual curl, creating layers and giving her mane a rounded effect. Himmel watched him work, his ever-serious gaze intent on the task at hand, and she found it endearing. Here was humanity's strongest soldier, snipping her hair, one curl at a time, 
and carefully depositing it into a pail beside them. He could have been humanity's most sullen barber. Close your eyes. She did as asked, and she felt him use his fingers again to bring a curtain of curls down her face. He studied them for a few moments, moved a few curls back to the part, and then began cutting. It tickled as the shorter locks bounced up to rest just above her eyebrows. Maybe this wasn't a good idea, he said. What? Had he screwed something up? You... Here, look in the mirror. Himmel opened her eyes, but instead of Levi, she saw a reflection of herself as he held up a small mirror. Green eyes wide in shock, she reached up and touched her hair in disbelief. He had managed to carve and curate her curls into the most beautiful shape she could imagine. Her curls were layered so they formed a perfect, rounded bob, and it and the bangs framed her bright green eyes spectacularly. He put the mirror aside with his other tools and began cleaning up, picking up stray hairs he had missed and putting them in the pail. Why didn't you think it was a good idea? Himmel asked. I love it. You have hair all over your uniform now. Himmel looked down at her chest to see golden ringlets. She picked them off and put them in the pail while saying lowly, This was a prime opportunity. You're a fucking idiot. He stood up with the pail in one hand and his tools in the other. Don't come back inside until every last strand is gone. She sighed and continued plucking hair off her clothes. And thus concludes chapter nine. Thanks a lot for listening in. This was a fun chapter to write. Having them finally be back together and it not being all lovey-dovey and, and rosy. As we get into this, we're going to see that Levi and Himmel spent most of their lives together and then were apart for a little over a decade. And now they're thrust back together and they've got some issues between one another so it's gonna be fun unpacking all of that i think and i'm really excited uh for you to come along with me on that journey all right this one was a bit longer than the others so i'm gonna quit talking thanks again please do subscribe drop me a comment on ao3 and i hope to see you soon talk to you later Bye bye